the art of self-reliance is forging your own path, but the path is difficult. Made easier by learning from those who have succeeded in directing their own lives on their own terms. With their help and inspiration, your path to self-reliance moves from dream to reality. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rodney King. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Self-Reliance podcast. In this episode, I speak to retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Mark Green. Mark served as an Inspector General for two tours, one in Afghanistan. Since retiring from the Army, Mark transitioned into the role of coaching both resilience and transition. He has written two books. His first book, Step Out, Step Up, Lessons Learned from a Lifetime of Transitions and Military Service, is a memoir to help others find connections from their own life. His second book, The Warrior's Code, Seven Vital Steps to Resiliency, being a self-help book, the steps Mark writes about can be adapted to anyone's personal life and habits. In this episode, we discuss warrior habits, emotional intelligence, and increasing resilience, especially in difficult times. The art of self-reliance calls you to adventure, to develop your self-protection skills, to learn how to survive no matter where you find yourself, and to thrive amongst life's chaos. So, so Mark, here's my first question for you, right? When you hear the words self-reliance, what does that mean for you? What does self-reliance mean to me? Um, it means that we're managing ourselves. It means that we, um, we, we have control of our thoughts and our feelings. Um, and then that we, we know that we can rely on ourselves to, to, to deal with situations in life. Or, or, so we don't have to look outside of ourselves to to get the answers that we need to to cope or to uh to to progress in life so that's what it means yeah that's perfect so that's a good segue into the things we said we were going to talk about one of those topics is what you note as warrior habits let's talk about what that is so let's start i mean what do you mean by warrior habits i mean i think we can kind of agree here too right oftentimes when we talk about this term warrior it's often overused and misunderstood Right. So I, I always say before I, before I dive into what I do, or uh, I, always, I always like to look back to a book that's called uh, Start with, Starts With Why by Simon Sinek. And he says this, he says, um, people do not care um, what you do. They care why you do it. And, and I think... <clears throat> As, as, as primal as that sounds, because I just got on your site and checked out the, the new program and what a great program you got going there, uh, Primal Skills. But, I, but I, I see that, you know, we could, we could create a lot of things in life and we could do a lot of things in life. But if our why is not intact, just like even with habits, and that's the first one of the three areas that I'd like to talk about today. You know, like if our why for our habits is not intact, then we're like a ship without a rudder. You know, we're just floating around and we have to have good habits. Um, I, think, I think the reason why I do the three things that I'm talking about today is one, to have a better life. Two, to have a better relationship with myself and others. Three, to have better finances. And four, to have better health and wellness. And so without the right daily habits, what happens is it's kind of like, a, you know, like, a, you know, to become a warrior, you have to fight a lot. You have to be prepared. And that takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of hours. It takes a lot of mentoring. It takes a lot of um, um, challenges to get to that level to where I can say, you know, I'm a warrior. Or I'm not a warrior or whatever. But warriors don't always win either. You know, we have to also realize that sometimes we fail. And through that failure, we learn something from it. But the habits, kind of like, for instance, as I get up in the morning, I have a habit of 
first being grateful and being grateful for my family and being grateful for, you know, another day that, that I can choose what I do. Um, I take time to read. I take time to, you know, drink water and, and get my brain, you know, kind of functioning in the right way, you know. Um, and so, and I, I, I don't start off with like jumping on the cell phone and, you know, filling my mind with, you know, the garbage and the baggage that's out there in the world, because I feel like that's going to start my day off in the wrong direction. And so a habit that we create that is going to make us better um, is, is what I, what I, what I do. And my why is to keep myself self-reliant on what I'm going to do, you know, each day. I don't, I don't like, um, I, you know, I, I always say, you know, like we're going to have bad habits. We all have a vice of some kind, you know, well, diet Coke or, you know, like we have, we have this, you know, like, well, I'm going to go buy an energy drink today because I just don't have enough energy or whatever the vices that you have, it can be changed. It, it, it really comes down to our minds. What are we putting into our mind? Who are we listening to? Who are we being mentored by? What are we reading? Those habits have to be ingrained. And once you do them over time, it's kind of like you working out at your gym, right? With your, with your club and the, and the groups that you have around the world. The habits that they create for making them who they are is what they become. So, you know, I always say where energy goes, energy flows. So if you're putting energy into good habits, to good thinking, to good to good, to good things, that is what, you, those are the seeds you plant and that is what comes from it. So I just know that, you know, like the things that I do make a difference for me. Um, and those habits are different for every person. So that's why it's so important to talk about them. Absolutely. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the way that I would describe that then is that your habits are similar to training and so ultimately that training is what's going to support your why. And so that's why you're saying it's important to know what your why is. So then when you instill certain habits that you decide to pursue, that is your training that will get you to living your why. Because it's one thing saying, okay, this is my why. This is why I exist. This is what I want. You know, this is what I want to show up as. But are you actually there? You have to more than likely work towards that, right? And so it's a daily process. And like you're saying, if you don't have the right habits, then you don't have the right training, which will never support your why, which means that you're probably, like you said, a ship without a rudder. You're going to end up going in the wrong direction and landing up somewhere else where you didn't intend to. Yeah. <laughs> I think you exactly summarize what I just said. And I think everything you say and everything you do because, you know, like there, there's plenty of hypocrites out there. Believe me, you know, like people will say, well, you know, I go out in the gym or I, go, my gym is my garage. I have a, I have my heavy bag out there. I've got my stretch areas out there. I've got my time where I spend time mostly on the basics because I realized that all those years before, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exactly young anymore. I'm getting up there close to 60 years old next year, right? So all those habits that I ingrained in my martial arts years, I realized that going back to the basics has been so important because, you know, just even knowing the advanced forms and the katas and things that I do, I realized that the basic forms all build on the other more advanced techniques. And if you don't have the basics, and you're not doing the things that, you know, like I said, everything you say and everything you do. If you're doing it, you're doing it. If you're not, you're not. So don't be a hypocrite with your habits. Don't say, well, you know, uh, I work out every day and then don't, you're not working out every day. You know, like I've seen people strap a black belt on that couldn't kick above their knee. It's like, you know, if what you're putting in is what you get out. But the why behind it all is so important because why are you doing it? You know, are you doing it for your own self-satisfaction? Are you doing it for your financial world? Are you doing it to help others? So I think our habits and, and everything that we do is really critical and saying what you're going to, you know, saying what you're going to do and then doing it is the other half of that. Yeah. When I think, yeah. Yeah. When I think about habits, 
you know, you, you, you refer to it as the basics and we can, we can explore that. Right. So let's say the habits are the basics, but the why is the advanced technique. Right. And so I think where a lot of times people get hung up on is that they always want to focus on these like really big things, but they don't realize that actually it's the small things when you bring them all together, it ultimately leads to quote unquote, the big thing. And it can be as simple as just being disciplined enough to get order in your environment. So a lot of times people will say, yeah, I want to achieve whatever it is. And then my question to them is where are you coming from, where you live? Let's say you live in an apartment as an example. What does that look like? Is there order in that apartment? Are you disciplined even in the space that you occupy? Because if you can't be disciplined there, you're not going to be disciplined anywhere else. And so a lot of times what's needed for people to achieve what they've set themselves out to isn't big, massive things, but actually getting, as you noted, the basics, the things we take for granted, but we don't think that they will add up to the big ultimate goal that we've set for ourselves. Right. It's like incremental little bitty pieces along the way. It's kind of like with an advanced technique on the mat. If you don't know the little bitty nuances and the basics, there's no way that you're going to be able to complete an advanced move. So I, I totally believe that. And, you know, like, I, I have to do a shout out to my um, to my grandson, Zachary. He went off to college in Arkansas, but he was in a few. He, 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 he started in his martial arts training about, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And he found a mentor. And he, he took a couple of fights in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he he dominated so much that. I, I couldn't believe it. When I watched the fighter, I watched how, how fit he was and how he was doing what he was doing already. I was like, wow, this kid, I mean, you know, like he'll, he'll put a string with a bottle and just kick it a hundred thousand times, you know, until he's got his technique just perfect, the basics. Right. And, and now he went off to college and he's like, you know what? My path I thought was, you know, do what everybody else does. Go get college degree, you know, you know, get your education, then go do whatever. But, you know, his path led him back to fighting. And so now he's working with two UCF fighters and, and Little Rock, and he's going to go on the ticket. But I watch him and I'm like, I realize that our paths always go different places. And, and I'm, I'm so proud of him because he's going after his passion. And, and I think that it was the basics that he did early on that made him such a good fighter already. He hasn't won and he hasn't lost in the ring yet. And, and every time I've watched him fight, I'm like, holy cow, man, this kid is good. And so, so it's enjoyable as a grandfather to watch my grandson take on the world the way that he chooses to. Right. And then, you know, I, I just think that because he's, he's realizing that this is my path, I, I'm going to pursue it. And I, I really, I, I believe in people that says, okay, everything you say and everything you do, he's doing what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to be a fighter. So now he's doing it. And that speaks to self-discipline because I think where people mess up a lot of times is that they're all over the place and they don't realize that self-discipline equals freedom, right? So if you are disciplined in the things that you do, even in the small things, like I said, just making sure that the space that you live in is neat and tidy and orderly because I think at least from my experiences and, and I've noted this in my own life, when everything is messy around me, it's because my head's messy. Right. And so it kind of spills out into quote unquote reality in front of me. And then once I actually start cleaning up around me and getting everything tidied up, I feel better because and the interesting part is that by being self-disciplined actually gives you that freedom. And a lot of people don't realize that the reason they're not experiencing the freedom that they want to is because they don't have those good habits. They're not instilling those habits every day and keeping up with them. And that's not being, you know, ridiculous and being, I guess like a lot of times people, when they hear you say that, and there's also you coming from a military background and saying, Oh, that's just like kind of soldier speak. Right. But it isn't really, it's like, you know, if you can, if you could orient yourself in your environment and make sure that, that the environment that you find yourself in allows you to express yourself fully, then you're going to be able to achieve the goals that you've set out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back and, you know, like I won't go too long into talking about the military, but you know, it's like when I was a paratrooper, if you didn't have your kit properly on your body 
And if you didn't have everything tied down the proper way, you're getting ready to jump out of an airplane. Your stuff is not going to go out the way you think it's going to. And, you know, like, and believe me, that was getting down to the basics. You had to make sure that A, B, C, D, and E was in the right place, tied down the right way, clipped on the right way, because it's your life in your hands. And so, you know, like most people just say, well, I'm just living life, you know, and that's where I get into like wanting to talk about the emotional intelligence because, you know, like I, I know I call it for myself, I call it Mark 2.0 because I was conditioned and I think you were too, Rodney, early in life that life was a certain way and we just had to accept it. And I think both of us are, 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 are kindred spirits because we said at some point in life, no, we don't have to accept that. This is, I'm going to create the conditions for my personal and professional life. And I'm going to change some things that I was scripted in a certain way, or I had to learn to fight back. So I don't take on that kind of role, you know, going forward. And so I, I think being able to control our emotions um, is the, is the emotional, um, intelligence piece of what I wanted to share today, because also I realized that, that if, if, if we don't, if I'm not saying that people don't get mad. Okay. So like with your emotion, people are going to get mad. I'm mad at our country right now about what's happening in the USA, right? Cause we've got so much division and we got violence and we got all these things going on, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to let it control me. Okay, all those external things that I see going on around us, I don't have to, I mean, I can engage um, or I can disengage and I call that healthy limits. And to be emotionally intelligent means that you understand what, when and where you're going to allow your gray matter to be involved or not be involved. And I think it's just like, I think it's the same way in a ring. You know, you have to be emotionally you know, focused on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you know, to, to win or lose. But um, I just think that people under, people need to understand that emotions are normal. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have an angry moment. You're going to have, you know, great moments. You're going to have like euphoric moments in life. But we have to learn that in our emotional intelligence, we don't just, um, we don't just let the external stuff control us. It's so easy because of so much social media and, you know, all the things that are out there, people get sucked in and that's all they focus on. And it's, I believe it's unhealthy. And I think sometimes you have to disengage from all of that. So, you know, like we have family and we have relationships and, you know, like we want our relationships to be strong. Well, no, no, nothing said just because we can't, be within six feet of somebody else right now. We can't have a, a long-term, just like, just like this Zoom call. Mm. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're interacting. And it's important because you need to have connection with people. Um, and when you get disconnected from people, just like with COVID and all the other stuff that's happening out there, we're like, we're disconnected. We don't have that same, that same connection. So we have to look to other things to keep ourselves connected. And, emotionally you have to stay connected you can't be alienated from life and that's where the that's where we have problems with suicide and you know like the military's having problems with suicide right now those things so i say guard against the the, the bad things and acquire the good things so you can set up those healthy limits for yourself and that is reading meditation exercise uh, all of those things you know and those habits matter to become emotionally strong and that way you're guarding yourself and your own thinking away from the things that are negative or that are bad for you um, in a way that, it, you know, you can survive and thrive. You know, that's, it's so important. There's a lot there, Mark. I mean, one of the things, of course, as I was hearing you saying, which I'm, I'm happy to hear that is what you in essence are saying too, when we talk about emotions in general, is that there's a tendency, especially in the kind of, Pollyanna positivity place that we see on social media mm -hmm. to say that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad. I have a real problem with that because all emotions have a reason. They're all there for a reason. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out why you're feeling that way and then modulate your behavior accordingly. So I think there's something to be said that all emotions are valid. It's how you interpret that emotion and how you act upon it that may become the problem. But the emotion in itself 
isn't a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, and it's also our reactions, you know, like when there's chaos around us, how do you react? You know, do you react with anxiety and fear and, and, you know, do you allow that to change how you're going to respond to the situation or do you have strong emotional intelligence and say, okay, let me look around and see what's really going on here. How, what do I really need to do for survival or for whatever? And then how am I going to, how am I going to do that? And, and I think that's critical. Um, and, you know, seconds count whenever there's a really dangerous situation, but I, I do believe that not going into it, you know, like immediately with, you know, just this, this, this whole fear and anxiety moment and just letting that control you, um, but that becomes, if you're strong at that, then it's not going to, if you're not, I feel if you're weak at that, that is where it will take over and you will not be able to respond in the way that you. Yeah, absolutely. So what I've been playing with a lot more lately and just in my own personal life and then working with clients is I'm trying to get people to understand that the inner state, so how they're feeling in that moment will dictate their fate. So it's kind of what you're saying, right? I mean, if I have you know, the sensation that arises and I identify it as fear or anxiety. That's how I'm defining it. Naturally, what people tend to do is they immediately go to the extreme and it's often the negative. It's like, oh, my whole world's about to end, right? They kind of get into this kind of dysfunctional space. But if you learn to manage that more effectively and there are ways to do that, one of the ways that I teach people is, for example, through breath work and just learning how to change their relationship with their internal experience. As soon as you do that, you start modulating your behavior in a different way. And once you start feeling a different way, you then in turn think a different way. So I think the biggest problem is that what I see is that people just, they kind of bite the hook, right? They, I feel this and then that, that has to be this. And they don't, there's not a moment where they actually, A, giving themselves space just to be with it without having to go to that next extreme or to justify it and just be with it without judgment. That's the first part. And then the second part of it is how can I do something to change the way that I'm feeling into a new direction? Not necessarily cognitively, but more from an embodied perspective, right? So I think, although I love emotional intelligence and I think it's really important, I think it goes even one level deeper than that. That's what I'm seeing is that, you know, in order to be emotionally intelligent, I mean, in a real practical sense, you need to understand how your inner state changes to experiences to be able to recognize that change. Is this helpful or unhelpful in this moment in time? And if it is unhelpful, what kind of embodied experiences, what can you do to change that sensation in a way that's going to then direct your thinking in a new, in a new path? Yeah. And I, and I think it really is critical whenever there's, the threat of violence or the threat of danger. I think that is when um, that becomes so, so important in what you choose to do because your outcomes could be completely different based on what you, what you act upon. And, and, you know, I know, I know that over time I've, I've, um, I've become a little more pliable in allowing people to say or do something that, that, you know, would offend me. Um, versus when I was a kid, you know, it was fight or flight as like, boom, I'm, you know, this is on, you know, (laughs) I'm not even going to question it. Right. And so I think we, you know, with maturity um, and and emotional intelligence and, you know, maybe different habits of how I respond to people, um, things have changed in time. It doesn't mean I still don't have a fight or flight response. I think we all have that, Um, you know, but it's also, our conscious and our subconscious minds are going to react on our experiences and how, how we've matured in life. And I feel, I feel like um, that's, that's so important. And I realized that resiliency, which is the, the third area today that I wanted to share, you know, like right now, um, resilience, you know, resiliency is, I, I say it's like a, a $2 word you know, okay, yeah, you can be resilient. Okay, you can, you can, you know, you can bounce back from a a relationship failure, or, you know, the lack of money for a month, or whatever the situation. But true resilience is training yourself to be able to deal with things 
in a different way. And, but that requires the steps. And, you know, when I wrote my book about resilience, I, I went through a, 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 an event in my life that created those conditions. And then I basically just turned around and put that into words so people could see what it was like to go through something and then come out on the other end and re-engage. And that's why resilience, I think, is so important. You know, like people don't get enough rest. You know, um, we don't, we stay up too late. We, we, you know, like we, or we're, we're drinking alcohol or we're doing things that, 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 that clouds our judgment and clouds our minds. And you need that rest. Your body needs time to reconstruct the cells and, 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 and you know, and, and, and keep your body functioning in the proper way. Um, we don't, we don't connect with people the way we should, you know, part of the, part of my book is about the seven R's. Part of my book is about reconnecting with others. COVID has completely separated people in this world. It's like, well, different countries are doing it different ways. And, you know, you can't be at the bar at the same time as somebody else and you have to elbow bump and you can't shake a hand and you can't hug and you can't have all, you know, like it's affecting us. Um, which is increasing the stress levels and the anxiety levels of a lot of people. So guys like us that want to teach people the important things to strive and thrive, our day is right now because we, we didn't have that before. You know, we didn't, we, I mean, I won't say that there hasn't been viruses before, but this has been different. You know, this has created such a huge division in our world that, we really re- need to reconnect with people. And, we re- and the next R in my book was reset your mind. Our minds can go all over the map. It's like, you know, like I love to meditate because I let my mind go free so I can learn, you know, from the meditation. But we have to reset our minds. We have to say, wait, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? What is it affecting me? How is it affecting me today? And do I really need to be thinking things that way? And I think, having mentors is so important. You know, like what you're doing with this primal uh, skills training, it's so important because I don't want to talk about spirit, but the mind and the body though today, but those, those two right now, I think are so critical. You know, what are you, what are you putting into your body every day? What are you putting into your mind every day? If, If you're not doing the good things that are going to make you strong, you're breaking it down. Right. And that's why they call disease dis-ease. It's because your body is in a state of dis it's 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 in a state of dis-ease. And so that's why you become diseased. So I want to to help people, but understand that re, it's not what I do, it's why I do it. You know, like just like I'm sure that there will be some group, there will be a group of people for even from this podcast that will jump on and become a part of primal skills because they will see a mentor that says, Hey, I understand what it takes to climb the mountain. So come with me, but they have to also know your why, because if your why is not only to do it for yourself, but also to lift others up. And that's always mostly why anybody who's doing self-help or is learning and teaching others, I think that's why we do it. Um, We don't just do it for ourselves. We do it for others as well. Yeah, I think building off this idea of resilience too, one of the things you've, you've noted anyway, as you were saying it, was that I think it's crucial, and this is my experience and this is what I've found, is that part of being resilient isn't just about bouncing back. It's about understanding why you do the things that you do. So self-awareness is crucial. Yeah, it comes all the way back to what you started off with. We were talking about habits and having the right habits. I need to know why I respond to specific situations the way that I do. Oftentimes that's going to be historical. I can go back. I can, if I sit with myself and I'm really honest and I'm open and I'm accepting of my experiences, I can say, okay, this comes from my childhood. And I would say that that's been the most crucial thing for me is that rather than just trying to avoid it, run away from it, just kind of pack it away. And we, you were saying about people not getting enough sleep, you know, putting the wrong stuff in their body, getting drunk, you know, and and whatever else they need to do. But all of that is avoidance strategies. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I've done that in my own way. I mean, my avoidance strategy was through fighting. That's how I did it. Right. (laughs) And so I just used, I used violence as a way to avoid, 
I did the same thing. Security. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And you did it too, right? So that's kind of what I did. And so the reason my why is, is that it's not so much anything other than the fact that I'm really trying to come to grips in the later part of my life, why I am who I am, what I can do about it to turn it around. And part of that is just being more fully self-aware so that when I find myself in a situation and it's a, a habit in the sense that it's something that I've always done, am I able in that very moment, and that's crucial for me to reflect on it, or even in the next moment, it doesn't always have to be in that moment because sometimes it's hard to do when it's emotionally charged, but at least in the next moment, say to myself, you know what? You're reacting that way to this situation because it's not about this situation. It actually is about something that happened to you when you were six years old. It's just interesting to me is that it's a never ending exploration of self, right? Is that, you know, even at, in my, you know, I, I, I'm in my late forties now. I mean, that's still pretty young, I guess, for this day and age, but I'm in my late forties and I'm still dealing with stuff, hangups that I had when I was a kid. And for so long, I wouldn't interact with it. I wouldn't, you know, engage in it. I try to keep it, side i try to push it down and and then you end up creating bad habits you end up creating things that are not in your best interest and it's only now that i'm actually fully capable of looking at as hard as it is at all these hang-ups that i've had since childhood and actually wanting to deal with it that i'm actually making any inroads but it took a lifetime to get there you know it's it's yeah you know i i gotta tell you that 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 hits us that hits a chord with me because it's the same for me you know, like, I'm, I'm sure that there's still some things that are bottled up that need to come out um, from all of that. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm a perfect example of that, you know, like I had a strained relationship with my own father. And, you know, some things happened in, in my life and, you know, the, the loss of a brother and then me having to go take care of it instead of him. And there's some other things that I couldn't get over and that they're still bottled up and I needed to, to, to either forgive myself and learn how the spirit works and learn how to, to kind of let those doves fly or, you know, like, and, and I've not, I'm not, I don't think any of us are always finally there. Mm -hmm. I think it's a journey uh, to understanding and to learning and to forgiving and to, to growing. And, and it is very, it, you know, like all of those things that happen to us in our lives that we, we, you know, we don't, we don't like, or the, you know, like, you know, bad, you know, relationships that have gone wrong or whatever, we have to at some point accept certain things. We have to learn how to have healthy limits. So we don't, we don't let that creep in every day and like, you know, like live in the past, right. Past, present and future. But also some people don't even understand how to live in the present. You know, they, you know, like from the time they get up in the shower, they're, they're thinking about what's going to happen today or, you know, at the end of the end of the week or next year where they're not even living in the present moment to enjoy the joy of life and, you know, like enjoy food and enjoy, you know, companionship or enjoy, you know, your friends and, and, and a meal or whatever. We've gotten so far away from that because of the cell phones and the social media that people don't know how to interact. And there's also, the, there's also this pressure, Mark. I mean, you know, if you think about it, when I talk to people, the reason why people seem to be always in the future is because they're always worried about what's going to happen next. And a lot of times for a lot of people, it comes down to the dollar. It comes down to money. I mean, it's kind of a shame, really. And I say this, you know, often when I'm talking to people is that it's such a pity that we're in a world that in order to live here, we have to basically make money in order to live. I mean, we're not truly free, are we? I mean, we, in a way we are slaves and we don't even realize it for most of us and that we living from paycheck to paycheck. I mean, what would it be, what would we be capable of if that was taken off the table, right? If I didn't have to worry about paying the bills and paying, you know, the home loan and whatever else, if that was taken off the table, what freedom would I have? And I think for a lot of people, that's where they get stuck, right? Is that they're like, wow, you know, it's all well, I can have all these ideas, but that's not going to, that's not going to pay the bills. And that's where people get afraid, I guess. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, I will use an example just recently, you know, like my wife and I over a year ago, we we're like, look, you know, we've, we've, we took on credit card debt or we took on card car loans and, and other things. And I said, you know, I'm going to put my focus in the next year on getting ourselves out of debt. I'm going to put my focus on investing and doing some other things that will change that. And what's interesting is as soon as I put my focus on it, 
I started to increase my savings. I started to reduce my debt. And, and I, you know, like, just like I said earlier, you know, Tony Robbins, where energy goes, energy flows. It's so true because before that I was, I was mismanaging money. I was spending too much on my company. I was not, you know, I was buying books and, 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 and trying to invest in myself so I could become better, but I was losing a lot of money. And I was like, why am I, it's like, so I, I actually had a meditation and I said, and I allowed, I, I said, why am I having such a struggle with money? And I realized what it was, as we were talking about earlier, our early lives, it was because when I was young, I was told I wasn't going to have any money. I was told, you know what, you, you're just going to have to suck it up, buttercup, because this is what you're going to get. And, you know, so I had that mentality that I would never have any money. I would never have the ability to go out and spend or, or to have anything. And, and that got stuck in my mind. So I meditated one day and I actually wrote it down into a book after which I'm going to publish yet this year. It's called William Green and the Money Tree. Because I met this little man in a tree and he told me he was the, the master of the universe for all money. And he said, give me your entrepreneurial products. I'm going to put them into the DNA of the tree and only you can collect the money from the, from the leaves. And the leaves are, 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 are money. And it's, 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 it's a world thing. It's not just for the United States. It's to all of the countries, every entrepreneur out there. Um, we, if whatever we were conditioned to believe in the beginnings of our life is what we're manifesting today. We have to change that thinking and that meditation opened it up. And what's interesting is ever since that, ever since that meditation happened and I wrote that book, my financial world has gotten better. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why it is what it is, but it's crazy how that thinking changed. And then the, the, the manifest of my financial world got better. Yeah. So that's interesting that you say that. So one of my realizations was just coming from where I came from born up, you know, I was born in the South side of Johannesburg government housing. So I was brought up relatively poor. We didn't really have much. And I guess that was kind of my hang up is that I've always been on this like search, right. For more and more and more and more, whatever that may be, it doesn't always have to be materialistic. Right. But my realization, especially over the last several months, and I had a lot of life changes last year, you know, I got divorced and I moved to a new country and lots of things changed for me and I had to move away from my boys. So there were lots of things happening, but I started to realize that, which I've always had a fear of, of having, you know, if I had nothing, then I had, then I'm, then I'm poor. Right. But my realization that is having nothing is having everything. And so what I start to do now is I start to look at whatever I decide to do, if I do this, if I buy this, do I really need it? Is it going to positively impact my life in a positive way? You know, is it gonna is it gonna add value to my life in an honest way, or is it just more clutter? Is it more just more stuff, right? And so I've been just tearing away at stuff and just pulling stuff away to almost what I feel is just the absolute essentials, almost kind of a very zen lifestyle. And I feel so much better for it, right? And so then coming out of that. I start to have this realization that things that maybe I would have just taken for granted previously are now the most important things, right? The conversations like we're doing now with my kids back home and just connecting with them just fully without having distractions or going out for a walk and just being fully present in, 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 in nature, you know, where before I'd be there and it was so hard to switch off, right? I was always looking for the next thing, you know, that you've got this beautiful um, sunset in front of you, but you don't even see it because your head's somewhere else, right? So, yeah. Right. Living in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And I, 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 I know what that's like going through transitions. And that's why, you know, like I'm an expert in resilience and transition because I realized that my transitions from the military to not doing that anymore my transitions in my, in my, in my martial arts career, you know, like I'm, I'm hoping to test for fifth degree black belt this next year, you know, because I, even though um, I may not be, I may not have the capacity I had earlier in life um, or the skill that I had in life, I still have the ability to do my best with, within my limits. And, you know, like we all have limits. Somebody may have gotten a torn, you know, ligament or something in their life that they cannot, they cannot ever fix or whatever. We all have our limits, but I, but I realized too that, you know, like 
when I go back to the rest of the R's in my book, you know, it's, it's, it's removing um, issues and resolving issues and reconning a plan and, and reconnecting in the end. So all of those R's are critical to resilience. If we, if people would just take a moment to look at their current situation and, and just even follow a, a blueprint that would, that would just even a basic blueprint of what they could do in each one of those areas to improve their life and then actually focus on it and do it. Oh my gosh, their life would be so much better. But unfortunately in the self-help industry, most people are not going to listen to you unless you have a bunch of letters behind your name. Okay. Because, you know, you know, we both have advanced degrees. So I understand I have a law degree and a master's degree in organizational management. You know, you have a PhD. I think your PhD is in. Yeah. And so, 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 you know, we understand um, that education matters, but it's not the only thing. Um, it's our experiences. It's what we have become in that journey and what we have lived and what we have done with those things. Now, you know, like I say, when, when guys would leave the service after 25 years and they didn't share their best nuggets of what they learned with the, with the young generation, then they, they shorted the young generation by doing that. They didn't share their, their knowledge. You know, that's why I, I continue to write and I continue to get out there. I haven't been out there a while um, on social media or in any podcast lately. Um, when, you, when you sent the invite, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let me get back on the horse but I realize how important it is for us to share our knowledge. And, and you know, what works for one person will not work for another, but that's okay because there's plenty of, there's plenty of people out there that, that, you know, so I, I say, you know, like we all have opinions. It's like, okay, well, you know, I don't, I don't like a president or I don't like a vice president or I don't like this or that, you know, politically or, or with people. But in the end, if we learn to be resilient, if we learn to have good habits, and if we learn to have good, strong emotional responses, that's, that's my why. That's why I do what I do to teach or learn from others what I, what I want to, to pass off. Um, and I say, where you are, there you are. If that's, you know, like, if that's where you're at in life, you know, it doesn't mean you have to stay there. You don't have to keep going down that path. You can always adjust. I say, if you start getting off path in some way, just readjust. It's, it's just that simple. We just have to think about it and say, okay, well, I'm drinking too much or I'm hanging around the wrong people or I'm doing whatever. Just readjust. Nobody, nobody says you have to stay on that path. You know, you can, I always say when one door closes, there's a reason for it closing. And when another one opens, there's a reason for it opening. And it's just part of the journey. So... Yeah, just listening to you, Mark, you know, what, is, what it reminds me of is Joseph Campbell's work right, when he talked and wrote about the hero's journey. And one of the things that he was very clear on is that you were never a hero unless you came back and you gave to the society that you came from. Giving back. I mean, what you learned on the journey in becoming a hero, giving back those lessons is crucial. And as you noted, you know, obviously, Everybody has their own perspective, but this is what I'm trying to do in this, in the, what I call a podcast, right? It's still a podcast, but I call it a podcast because what I want to get across is that I, I'm hoping that people leave listening to us talking and go, and even if it's just one idea, just one thing, and they're like, you know what? I listened to Rodney and Mark speaking and this one thing just stood out for me. And so I'm casting the net really wide and I'm talking to people like you that have a a really fantastic background in the military and you've had, you know, you've had your ups and downs, but you've come out on the other end and you're now adding value to the world to speaking to neuroscientists where I just spoke to Tim Freck, who's a very well-known philosopher because, you know, something's going to speak to somebody. And I think that's, that's the key. Right. And, and so, you know, they're going to have their why and they're going to be casting the net for themselves and they're going to be looking, as you've been noting all the way through, is having a mentor, having somebody that they can relate to where they go, this person or these people, and you don't have to have just one mentor, you can have multiple mentors, right? And you can draw from them and their own experience. And the reason why you'd want to do that is because we've all messed up. Everybody has, but we're saying, okay, we've messed up, but this is what we've learned. And hopefully that will save you the same headache if you just apply the, the, the tools and the principles that we are now exploring. 
Yeah. And, you know, masterminds and mentors, you know, like I haven't been in a mastermind in quite a long time. And every time I've been a part of one, I've learned some things I didn't know that would enhance my personal or professional life. So I think those are, those are our, those are also important too. Um, I, in, in the end, I think, like I said, we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, like I didn't start off with, you know, a, a great education. You know, I didn't even graduate from high school at the beginning. You know, we, ca- we crashed a car on school grounds and I got kicked out of school two weeks before graduation. I had to sit in study hall for two year, two weeks just to get, 12 years of seat time, which allowed me to go in the military. You know, I, I grew up in a mobile home with five brothers and sisters and, you know, like we were tight space and, you know, it was frozen outside and the door wouldn't close. And, you know, there's the windows were, were, were poor and, you know, like you get shocked when you plug something in because it was aluminum wiring. We just had, we didn't have a lot, you know, and people think, oh, well, look at you, you've got A, B and C and you've got this. Well, it didn't start off that way. And I think people get the wrong they get the wrong image sometime of somebody who's become successful. It's like, well, look at you, you already have it all. Well, none of us got it just by, you know, some people had the silver spoon. Some people had a, a family where, you know, it was trusted or whatever, and they, they had the money and they had the status and they had all that. But, you know, I've seen so many people dive in and from that and then destroy themselves because of it. And like, I like what you're talking about with, you know, some of somewhat of a minimalist attitude. Look, I can live with so much of simple things without all the rest and still be perfectly happy. I don't need all of everything. You know, we do need some money. We do need some, you know, some friends. We need, we need those things, but I don't think we have to have it all. It's like, oh, well, you know, like, I think society perpetuates that, you know, you got to have the perfect dress, you got to have the perfect suit, you got to have the perfect, you know, life, the perfect car, the perfect everything. I, I didn't grow, I didn't grow up having any of that. Um, I have a few nice things now. But believe me, it wasn't because I just got them, I had to work for them. People think they're just, you know, they just, they just show up because you think they're going to show up. No, you have to put some effort into things. I'm sorry to, to burst a few people's bubbles out there, but you got to put effort into things that you want. You have to put focus on them. If, if, you know, I didn't used to read the way that I read now. I mean, I cannot believe how many books I have on Audible that I constantly am switching back and forth and reading that have grown me professionally. Um, and, and just the relationships, you know, like all of the, the, the online relationships I've created with others like yourself and some of the other really good mentors out there. It's like, wow, it, every time I have a conversation with somebody, I learn something. And that's why podcasts are so great, because the more you do it, the more you learn from others, too, in the process. And you learn more about yourself. But I, I'm very happy um, to share, you know, with anybody, you know, what I've learned. Um, I don't have a, a special program right now. I just, I just share my books or my, or, or my speaking engagements. And because of COVID right now and the travel restrictions, I'm not able to kind of get out the way I'd like, um, which has hurt my business like a lot of businesses. But I'm a small business and I'm, an, I'm a solopreneur. So I don't have a team. I'm not losing money if I don't do it. I'm just not making money if, you know, because I'm not doing it. And so... I think it's great to have the ability to know what our why is. And that's why I started off today with telling people, Hey, know your why, you know, pay attention to your habits, pay attention to your, 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 your emotional uh, uh, intelligence and pay attention to how you can grow your resilience. So when things do happen and they don't look so great, come up with a plan on what you're going to do next. You know, like, you know, like reconning our future is part of my book. What are you going to do now? You know, like if you, if you set a goal, somebody's like, well, just set a goal. I'm sorry, but a goal is not enough. You have to set a goal with a time, a timed finish to that goal. And it has to be specific enough that you can reach it. You know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to master one move that you guys are working on, on the mat, you have to set a goal by a certain date that you're going to learn it perfectly and you got to, and through repetition is what it's going to create, right? Repetition and focus. That's the only way you're going to achieve that goal. 
You're not going to achieve it just because you want to think about it. Thinking about it is one thing, but it's not enough. You know, we have to take action on what we do. Yeah, which comes back to self-discipline, absolutely. Yeah, self-discipline. So as we, you know, as we come to the end of this, Mark, what final words of wisdom do you want to leave us with? Um, again, wherever you are, that's where you're at. <laughs> so I know that sounds simple, but it's true. You know, if you need to change your habits, change your habits. If you need to get more emotionally strong, read some books about it or, you know, do something, get, get with a mentor, get with a guru. I mean, my gosh, there's so many great people out there that understand more about the mind and mindfulness and mindset than, than a lot of us. And so find those gurus, search them out and then connect with them. Um, And change is hard, but it's lasting. I think that's the piece that I would like to share the most. You know, if our habits are not right, like I said, just, adjust and start doing the habit that you want to create, but do it repetitively until it becomes ingrained, you know, like the gratefulness exercise or reading and meditation, the things I do every day. It's like, how, how can you do that every day? Well, it's because I've ingrained it in my mind. So the first thing I do when I wake up is I already know I'm doing my gratefulness exercise. I'm grateful that I got that opportunity to share today. I'm grateful for my water. I'm grateful for, you know, the ability to connect with others. I'm grateful for, you know, time, time to, to myself. Um, now, I had to spend a lot of years in the military before I could have that free time so I could do what I wanted. But, you know, and I have, I get, you know, I get to enjoy, you know, the, the, the fruits of that labor, but it took 34 years before I got there. It wasn't just given to me. I started out as a buck private with no stripes, no nothing. I was just, you know, a nobody. Just, you know, go rake the leaves, buddy, you know, and just do what you got to do. Um, but, you know, like to retire as lieutenant colonel, to be an inspector general, to write books, to be an author, you know, to be able to speak, uh, you know, and internationally in India and some other places to become an ambassador for human rights and to and, and, and things like that, that I have achieved. It's not because I just, it just fell in my lap. It's because I created the habits. It's because I created the thinking. It's because I took the time to build myself so then I can build others. Um, so that's why I think we're kindred spirits. And that's, I think that would be my parting message. To learn more about the art of self-reliance, our virtual coaching service, online courses, and our retreats in Thailand, head over to Primal Skills. That's with a Z.com.